I was wondering tonight if people are afraid, because I know some are, people are afraid to learn Reiki and go through the different levels of Reiki. Okay, let me explain. Welcome to the Fearless Five podcast, season four, episode 41. Overall, this is the 171st episode, um, which we're coming up on the two-year birthday of this podcast. So that's pretty cool. So I'm your host, Heather Larson, certified transformational life coach and Yusui Reiki master, also yoga teacher in training. And I like to pull all of this stuff together in a way that is, um, that makes sense. (laughs) That's digestible. And that actually helps you live your life. Cause like the whole point of this is coaching and personal development. And so you get this fearless podcast and that's about various topics and fearlessness five days a week. So today we're talking about Reiki and uh, one of the little talked about things in Reiki, I guess I've talked about it before, but it hasn't been recent. And I kind of went down some memory lane today and I've had people tell me before uh, and you, you may be in this camp, you may not be in this camp of, of being afraid to get to the next level of Reiki. Cause Reiki comes in, you see Reiki comes in three levels. You start at level one, level two, you get the symbols and level three, you become a master. And well, there's more to it than that. That was a really oversimplified description of the process. So ignore that. Um, <laughs> It's like way too simple. Um, But here's the thing. So people have told me over the years, like, I'm not ready. I don't want to do it yet because, and they always had a valid reason. So what's yours? That's my curiosity. Um, if, If you've never heard of Reiki, it is a Japanese energy healing technique. It promotes healing. I never tell people, ooh, I I can heal you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to do this. And if you give me $25 a minute, I'm going to fix your marriage and blah, 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 or whatever the hell. I'm not one of those charlatans. So I just, you know, I, I practice Reiki. It's a spiritual practice. I've done this for almost a decade it sounded crazy coming out of my mouth. I've, have I been doing this for almost a decade? Yeah, since 2012. So I got certified, certified, yes. I got done with uh, certified in Reiki 1 on March 25th, 2012. And then next year, <laughs> 2013, was when I got my Reiki 2. And so I was going through memory lane stuff today. I was looking at old papers and scanning them and, and whatnot. And I found an old copy of, uh, it's a printout from a book I actually now have, but this printout was given to me by my teachers, Donna and Conrad, when I went to them to learn Reiki 2. They tried to warn me, okay? And and this is true, and Diane Stein, one of the Reiki teachers that I do follow, uh, she warns of this in, in one of her books, and, and my teachers warned me, and so I'm going to warn you listening about the transformative power that is specific to Reiki 2. There's something that happens in Reiki 2 that is a little bit different than becoming a Reiki 1 or a Reiki 3, aka Master, and it kind of turns the world upside down for you. Anyway, (laughs) when you get your Reiki 2 attunement. So, you know, it really uproots a lot of things to me anyway. So I I went back through my experience as I found this article today. And I was like, you know, I have to reflect on this. I'm going to talk about it on the podcast because it's, it's, I think it's true. 
maybe not word for word verbatim, but here's what Diane Stein, Diane Stein has to say. She says, um, Reiki 2 is the most difficult of the three Reiki degrees. It's exponentially stronger than Reiki 1. And Reiki 2's focus is higher because it focuses on the emotional and mental bodies. Okay, remember Reiki works on your energy bodies. So Diane Stein says Reiki 2 is change. A year of drastic change, she says. A year. She's very specific. She says it happens fast and hard. I'm going to concur. Students talk about a roller coaster of emotional confrontation and life changes. Unhealthy relationships break up and new and healthy ones begin. And then she goes through this whole list of things that she has found over the years um, that are true of her students. And I, I'm going to have to agree. I'm going to have to agree with Diane Stein on this. You know, I got my Reiki attunement on August 18th, 2013. So at that time, I would have been approximately a month and a half sober <laughs> off of booze. I got sober on June. July 1st, 2013. So it's been eight years. Um, so you hear my cat in the background. He's making an appearance. He's talking about Reiki. Um, so that was a tumultuous year, uh, to put it mildly, because I was, I was very much part of that recovery community, part of all the 12 step groups. I was like doing the fearless searching moral inventory. I was in a bad relationship. That was one of the things that, I was trying to make it happen and, but it needed to break up and I wouldn't let go. And I did not probably replace that romantic relationship with a better one, but I did get a lot of better, healthier relationships for me at the time, many of which I've since grown out of and let go. But at the time I was getting out of some unhealthy, I think it was true. I was getting out of some unhealthy relationships just because I was sobering up and I'm going to, I vividly remember, though, at this time, around August 18th in 2013, it was like mid to late August 2013, that was when I was realizing that I had codependent behaviors and when I started getting some help to learn to abolish those and learn to stop doing the crazy stuff I was doing, like over helping people, like I was overly helpful. And I think I still like have a tendency to try and help people like it's automatic um but I'm aware of it and when I do it I'm like oh god I'm doing it again aren't I like I you know I I don't want to help people do anything that they can't do for themselves um and then some people just don't want help um and I have to you know learn to realize that and I think even after I think I'd like to be the problem solver you know, so many years of social work, four and a half years of parasocial work in the addiction field, right? Um, kind of did a number on me, but I did learn <laughs> to stop helping. Um, I think in my intimate friendships, I still want to like help because I want to relieve people of their pain, but I need to not do that because that's not what friendships are, are based on. A good friendship is not based on what you do for one another. So anyway, I digress. So that was a tumultuous time uh, because it was early sobriety. I probably didn't have 60 days sober. I was addressing finally the codependency issue. And, you know, there was a lot of family issues wrapped around that at the time. And that was kind of a rude awakening as well. So a lot of things were just kind of exploding in my life, but I was sober. And so I can blame some things on sobriety and codependency recovery. And also on Reiki did it. Reiki turned my life upside down. 
so wait a minute, you have heard of these things, right? Like you can recover from codependency. You're aware of what codependency is. Like that's a whole world. Um, like get all the Melody Beatty books. There's another Melody chick that does codependency books. That's not as famous. Thanks, Kat, for like knocking over everything on the desk here. Um, that's the fun thing about the Fearless Five. Like I record it off the cuff. There's no show notes, not anymore. And I used to do them like religiously, but they do nothing, um, honestly. Um, and then uh, I, I don't edit. I go off the cuff. Um, even though I spent 20 plus years audio editing, I just don't do it uh, for the podcast because I just, you know, I just, I just talk. I just teach. I just whatever. So t- teaching you about Reiki today and what to expect with Reiki too. And if you're afraid to go up in levels in Reiki, it's okay. You probably have a valid reason. I never met anybody who didn't have a valid reason. And, you know, there, you need to be warned about the transformative power that's very specific to Reiki 2. As I just mentioned, all the weird stuff that I went through in 2013 when I hit Reiki 2. And so, like, my own, you know, traverse through Reiki levels... It started in 2012. So let's see. I'm looking at all my certifications here. Here, And we have, okay, so 2012, March of 2012, March 25th, 2012. That's when I got my Reiki one. Okay. So fast forward like a year and a half, um, August 18th, 2013, barely sober, not even 60 days sober. I get my Reiki two. And my life is like turned out upside down by the combination of things. But yeah, definitely everything that Diane Stein says in her books, <laughs> Reiki too, like totally went through it. Um, as she also says they more securely know uh, who they are after Reiki too, what they want, what they have to do to attain it. People think and feel differently, becoming more honest and clear about what's important to them. The baggage is taken away. None of this is easy, but no one I've ever asked, she says, has regretted it once it's done. So, so, so true. Totally agree with Diane Stein. So after I got my Reiki 2 attunement in August of 2013, it was about four or five months before I felt like it was time to do Reiki three. And so I got that one January 19th, 2014. And then some point in that year, I started my business. You deserve Reiki and started practicing at White Dove in Wichita and offering people Reiki sessions. And then eventually started, you know, teaching Reiki as well and practiced on friends first. And then, you know, I, di- I didn't get into Reiki one, two, or three thinking I was going to start a business. It, I don't even remember how it just kind of happened. It just kind of organically happened and people were into Reiki. I would tell people that I was learning Reiki and could I practice on them and everybody loved it and it was a positive experience for everybody. They wanted more. Everybody was like, can you give me Reiki? Can you give me Reiki? And I had so many people asking about it. I was like, okay, I'll just do a business. Like, I'll just go rent a room somewhere. And that's what I did. And I offered Reiki sessions and Reiki classes. And it was awesome. And I learned a ton. And then today I'm going through all these notes and I'm reflecting on it and reflecting on what I've learned and the basics of Reiki. And like, this is just cool stuff that I found. (laughs) Like this, this old photocopy of Diane Stein's book, which I later bought and read, um, just about her, her warning about Reiki to being difficult is so awesome. Um, it just shows the extensive amount of work she's done over the years 
Um, and I think she has a new book out now, uh, which I've yet to buy. I've got a bunch of her books, but she did a ton of work over the years in order to write her books about Reiki. And she's got a ton of books about healing and especially they're tailored towards women and feminism. And she's just pretty cool. She did a ton of work. Now my teachers and I agree, like some of the symbols in her books aren't exactly correct or the symbols that we are aware of. Um, and I used to, um, the, the original Reiki system that I was taught is, you know, the classical Yusui Reiki system. Although I don't follow those teachers anymore from that group. And that's all I'm going to say about that. So the people I follow now, I do follow Diane Stein, although I just avoid the symbol issue. Um, and, and you know, if you end up, working with a bunch of Reiki people, you know, like I have over the years, people have kind of a different interpretation on the symbols. And some of that is just like, if you ask us to draw a symbol, it's not going to look right. Like if you, if you're, if you're Reiki two and above and you're trying to draw symbols with one another um, from memory, it's, okay, that's not pro- probably not going to look very textbook correct. Um, but if you follow, you know, different, different teachers, um, like sometimes massage schools don't teach this often don't teach the symbols correctly. And I know that I used to speak at massage schools locally, um, because you can't teach Reiki here, but you can have somebody like me come into your classroom and talk about massage, or at least you used to. I haven't done that in years because um, there are fewer massage schools around here and they probably have enough people to, you know, do that sort of thing. But, you know, I used to go to massage schools, give like a one hour talk about Reiki, practice on some people in the room, give some demonstrations and like they wouldn't be certified in Reiki, but the healing touch aspect of Reiki energy would be covered. Um, anyway, so <sighs> Diane Stein, great teacher has done a ton of work, has put it all into her books, you know, t- has, has taught Reiki and healing to a number of, I don't even know how many people she's worked with over the years, but her expertise is valuable. Another teacher I, I talk or I talk to, I wish I could talk to him. Um, another teacher that I follow is Franz Steen, Stein, Steen, um, no relation to Diane Stein. And, uh, he's one that my teachers got me into because they were getting into more of the traditional means of Reiki, the more spiritual path, which I think is important. Um, because I look, I'm going to be honest, there's, there's a group of people out there and there's a small couple different groups, but there's a specific group of people out there in the Reiki, greater Reiki community who are after money and notoriety and fame. And they will tell you, um, a lot of inflated, you know, charlatan kinds of things about it. So we got away from that. Like my teachers and I got away from that. They follow Franz Steen, um, they know that I've like followed Diane, Diane Stein's work over the years. And then I've followed France, Franz Steen, probably mispronouncing everybody's name, but I follow Franz Steen too. Um, and aim by his books and study his books and, and follow like what he does with the international house of Reiki. So, you know, the, there's, there's more than one place to, to learn. I'm not teaching Reiki right now um, because of the pandemic. And I think that turned out to be actually a wise choice with the Delta variant going around. And now I guess there's the Lambda variant. Like, can we can we get a break from this this virus that is mutating in favor of its own survival? But anyway, in favor of your survival, 
Uh, one thing I wanted to say about going through the levels in Reiki. Um, so I just told you like the time span that I went through <laughs> and like, I spent a lot of time at Reiki one before I moved on to Reiki two. And then it was like five months or so before I moved on to Reiki three Reiki master. And the point of that was that I didn't do anything before I was ready before I felt ready, before I felt called. And I did spend the most amount of time at Reiki level one. And I'm glad I did. It is such a basic level. And I know some people never go beyond Reiki one, or they never go beyond Reiki two, or they never really practice on people outside their family. And that's cool too. And I've known some teachers over the years who, they, I don't know what just broke back there. That was the cat. Um, Cat needs Reiki to calm down before I record the podcast. Um, every night, every night this time. So some teachers will say in, in Reiki that people need to wait X amount of time between getting certified for level one, two, three. Um, and then there are some people who give you a crash course in the weekend. My friends and I just agree. And my teachers and I, we agree that you can't certify people for all three levels in a weekend. That's insane. People charge a lot of money for that. Um, especially because, in between level two and level three, apparently the categories, um, between level two and level three, you are going to have a tumultuous hard time. There is going to be a lot of growth. There's going to be a lot of shedding of, you know, the baggage as, as Diane Stein says, I don't think that was her exact words, but it was something like that. Oh, she says the baggage is taken away. Um, which makes it sound nice. Like, Oh, the baggage is just taken away. No, the baggage is like ripped away from your soul and you bleed and you have to put, you know, the gauze into the hole. That's what it's, that's what going at, not to scare people off from Reiki too, but like whatever issues you have, they're going to bubble up to the surface. So somewhere between Reiki one and and Reiki two, like I got sober and then Reiki two brought up a whole bunch of other issues. Like, Hey girl, you're codependent. Hey girl, you got family issues. Hey girl, you got career issues. Hey girl, you like friend issues. Like 2013 was crazy. And then 2014, was also like, but then I was a Reiki master, but, um, I think my early Reiki master time, like in that first year of being a Reiki master was way tumultuous too. And I was, oh my God, like I changed, I was working on changing careers. Like I, I wanted to get out of radio and then I wanted to get back in and I wanted to get out and I was, I was battling and, and then I finally got out by um, early 2015 got out of radio and it's, you know, full-time radio anyway. And that, that, that's been a good thing. So whatever issues you have, um, this Reiki just kind of roots them out and, and, and brings them up. And I want to talk a little bit more about it. Uh, I won't tonight on this today on this podcast here, here he comes, Mr. Distractions on the desk, folks ready to, ready to destroy things. Can you meow on command? No doesn't perform on command also knows what I'm filming him for his TikTok channel. Seriously, crazy cat lady. And, and yeah, these cats, they don't, Reiki doesn't affect them. Cats and Reiki. It's, it's a, it's not like dogs and Reiki. Okay. Cats, they literally don't care about anything in the world. Okay. Like including Reiki. I've met dogs that love it. They'll lay there. They'll receive Reiki. They'll accept Reiki. I've had dogs that just go gaga over it. And, then these idiots who are constantly making noises when I'm recording. Hello, do you want to be on, on the microphone? Hello, hello. Yeah, so they they don't care. Reiki's not going to calm them down. Nothing's going to calm them down. Nothing. 
I have Bengal cats. They don't, they don't have no chill. They, they, it just, it's not possible. So more always on the Destiny Architecture website. That's destinyarchitecture.com. If you're really into Reiki and you love this podcast, join the Patreon. The link is at destinyarchitecture.com right there on the top in the banner. And you can also look up Destiny Architecture on the, on Patreon. Um, it's like patreon.com slash destinyarchitecture. And you should join and you should participate in our global Reiki community. You should bring a friend. It really doesn't cost that much. I put out a ton of Reiki content every month. There's always podcasts, sometimes a video, lots of writing, and so that you can learn more about Reiki um, and experience Reiki more importantly. Um, you know, cause I'm not going to attune people online, but I do know that I have plenty from my nine years of practice that I can teach and get more people interested in Reiki and get more people experiencing Reiki and get more Reiki people meeting other Reiki people around the world. So that's kind of the goal. So go check that out. And remember you are the architect of your own destiny. And also cats are crazy. <laughs>